0: Talofa, and welcome back to My Fabulous Blind Life. I'm your host, Nicole. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about my oldest son's senior years and the struggles we had to go through to get him to cross that stage. So I'm wondering if any other parents experience this, where you are just sitting there talking to your teenager and you think, man, I really want to hit somebody right now. Many times throughout my oldest son's senior year, I felt like I would have had better luck talking to a brick wall or just running my head into one instead of wasting my breath talking to him. There were many times when I was sitting there talking to my oldest child wondering, who the hell's child is this? I'm pretty sure I raised a very different child and I can't believe that this one is standing here talking back to me. I'm sure all parents go through this who raise teenagers where you sit there and you ask yourself, will somebody die today? Now before I move on, let me restate that I was an absolute nightmare of a teenager and I gave my parents a pretty good run for their money, especially my stepfather. As I was going through the struggles of teenagerhood with my oldest child, I always felt like I heard my parents in the background laughing at me. I would always think to myself, was it this bad for my parents? Did I really do this to them? Then I would stop for a minute and remember like, oh, duh, that's what my parents were feeling when I did this to them. As I became a parent to a teenager, I suddenly inherited so much compassion for my parents and what I had put them through in my teenage years. Everything that your parents were trying to tell and teach you when you were a teenager all of a sudden makes sense. You suddenly realize that your parents weren't actually the worst parents in the world and they were just trying to help you. I swore to myself as I became the parent of a teenager, I would never go through any of this with my child. Yet, here I am and I'm about to tell you all about my turbulent time with my teenager in his senior year okay. my oldest son is actually a really good kid unless you are his parents then he turns into a complete and utter oppositional defiant asshole I can't tell you how many times I sat there and pondered and asked myself if my teenager was crazy I'm going to talk about his senior year because what should have been a fun enjoyable time was an absolute nightmare with him I think going into my oldest senior year was already going to be a struggle because of the COVID pandemic. I'm sure many other kids who graduated in the year 2022 have their own stories and struggles about reentering school after the pandemic. I feel like this was an already complicated and turbulent time for many parents and teenagers their senior year. And what a way to just throw something right on top of it like a global pandemic. I'm sure everybody, not just our family struggled. Now at the start of the COVID pandemic, I was an extremely COVID cautious parent, which did not make my overly social teenager very happy. We especially faced, or excuse me, especially faced struggles when it came to my son's girlfriend, the twit. Yes, you guessed it, guys. I didn't like her very much. Although I did try, I really didn't like her. I found her to be a real jerk, actually, and I don't think she understood my concerns where COVID was concerned, and she kept pressuring my oldest son to be able to come and see her. I'm pretty confident her pressuring him is what created quite a bit of tension in our home. Because I feel like she kept pressuring and pressuring him to come over and be such a disrespectful jerk to us. I know she was just trying to get her way, but I even had to speak to her mother to try and explain my reasonings behind being so COVID cautious with my family. As I was trying to explain to this young lady's mother that I had to be cautious due to my past health issues and my youngest heart defect, I may as well have just put my head in the hole instead of trying to talk to this woman. Her mother was clearly not hearing me because she was trying to persuade me into her daughter's way. I did try to explain to her that everybody can have their own views on this pandemic and I will respect that. But please don't try and push your views onto mine and force me to basically jeopardize the safety of my own family because of my beliefs. Eventually, I did relent and let him go over there with parental supervision. Unfortunately, we had to go through basically World War Three to get there. This girlfriend was only the first of many challenges that we had in his senior year. Now, my oldest son has always been very social and popular and he has always wanted to try and join every single extracurricular activity he possibly can. No matter how many times I tried to explain to my oldest son that you can't do everything at once, it really didn't matter. He always tried to jump into absolutely everything and then would stand there and wonder why his schedule would never work. Now, for the first three years of my my son's high school, I basically stood behind him and micromanaged his schedule to prevent overscheduling. but by senior year, I was so tired of having the same flipping argument with him that I basically threw up my hands and gave him his schedule and let him do it himself. Now when my son started his senior year, he was playing in a premier soccer league, he was in NJROTC, he was in band, and he had a job. As I sat back and watched the disaster unfold before my eyes, his grades basically slid all the way down the hill and he was failing three different classes. These three classes he was failing, he absolutely needed to graduate and every time I would bring it up to him, I would always hear, I got this mom. My oldest and I would always go rounds. I would ask him to please consider dropping something, but he was too stubborn for that. It really seemed like there was nothing I could actually do, especially after he turned 18. No matter how many conversations I would have with him, he would always tell me dropping an activity or quitting work just wasn't on the table. Unfortunately, I just had to kind of sit back and watch the disaster. His first trimester, he actually flunked a class which he needed to graduate that he then had to take over. The other two classes he squeaked by with D's. We would try and explain to him that colleges were going to look at his grades, but he would never listen to us. It seemed each and every trimester I would watch the exact same thing happen. He was constantly overcommitting committing himself, flunking the same three classes, but always seemed to squeak by with D's. His father and I were extremely unhappy about this pattern he fell into and we were constantly trying to talk to him and talk some sense into his thick skull. It never seemed to happen and our fights always seemed to become very explosive with him. I got so tired and so mad of constantly hearing I got this that one time I basically told him you don't have shit but failing grades. This is going to sound awful, but by the end of his senior year, we were just praying he would graduate. We gave up all hopes for scholarships and pretty much threw up our hands at going to college. We were actually very scared he wasn't going to graduate and walk across that stage at all, but thank God, at the very last minute, he brought up his failing grades with his finals. Besides the failing grades, during his senior year, we also noticed a lot of fluctuating moods and behaviors. We suspected he probably wasn't taking his medication for ADHD on a regular basis. Unfortunately, we're right, and we found out that Jesse wasn't taking his medication yet again because this isn't the first time we had experienced this. It had turned out that Jesse had wanted to join the military after high school. He found out that having ADHD and taking medication can make that extremely hard to do. So he thought if he just stopped taking his medication, he would be able to join the military no problem. Dealing with my oldest son not on his medication on a regular basis was extremely hard to do. I had to take him into his primary care physician and explain to him what was going on. At this time, his primary care physician referred us for a psychological evaluation and Jesse actually wanted to see if he had outgrown his ADHD. Now I won't bore you with the details of this psychological evaluations and all the questions that we asked, but unfortunately for Jesse, the answer was no to getting off medication and no, you haven't outgrown your ADHD, which thoroughly pissed off my teenager. At this time, with my teenager being so pissed off, he didn't even want to look into alternative ways to joining the military. He just had tunnel vision and was trying to find ways around his ADHD. I thought this psychological evaluation with my oldest child would finally actually put our medication discussions and fights to rest, but boy was I in for a surprise. Throughout my oldest, senior year, we greatly struggled with mood fluctuations, explosive behaviors, highs and lows, bouts of paranoia, and an extreme disrespect for the rules of our household. He also had the utmost disrespect for us, his parents. It got so bad between the three of us that we started charging him $200 for his room. This $200 was actually to act as a fine to hopefully get him to step back into line and follow the rules of the household. It seemed all we did was fight about my oldest son's lack of respect for the household rules. He mistakenly thought that after he turned 18, he could basically do whatever he wanted. We basically told him that that shit wasn't going to fly around here but it seemed nothing we did or said made any bit of difference to him. We were absolutely desperate to try and regain control over the situation, but nothing seemed to work. We were constantly fighting, and it seemed like I was constantly in tears. I think at this time, we're about two weeks away from graduation, and to me, it felt like everything was basically down the shitter. It seemed like such an absolute turbulent time in my household that I had even considered calling the police on my own child. It seemed that we couldn't get him to de-escalate. The night I had considered calling the police on him, he had been outside ranting and raving about what horrible people and horrible parents we were. We basically just left him out there and let him do it for about an hour. Once he calmed down and shut up, I basically stepped outside and had some choice words with him. I then explained that he needed to go in and go to bed and not say a word to anybody for the rest of the night. I basically told him the next morning that that behavior is not going to be tolerated in this house, and if it happens again, he could basically go live elsewhere. Now, after this incident, he got his graduation tickets just a few days later. Each graduate was awarded eight tickets. I was pretty busy at the time, so I asked him to please set the tickets on the shelf until I could get them. Now, later, when I asked for the tickets so I could put them away, he couldn't find them. So I asked him to please pick up his messy room and see if he could find them. Well, of course, he started to look everywhere but in his room. When I asked him what he was doing, he informed me that he thought my husband and I had taken the tickets and that we were playing mind games with him. I informed him that I had no reason to take the tickets and hide them, but he just kept saying the, oh, same thing over and over again. I know you took them. I know you're hiding them from me. I got so flipping tired of watching him look everywhere, but in his messy room and basically tearing up my house. I finally sent him on a walk outside. I basically told him not to come back into the house until he was calm. Now, before I move on, let me remind you that I am blind. I then proceeded into his room and started to pick up everything off the floor. And lo and behold, under a fucking pile of dirty clothes, well, there's the envelope of tickets. As he returned, I showed him where I found his tickets. And he basically told me, I swore you took them and were messing with me. Well, I basically informed him that he was a big jerk and I didn't take his tickets. My husband then confronted him and asked him if he wasn't taking his medication again. My son actually um, answered us honestly this time and told us no, he wasn't taking his medication. As tears ran down my face, I asked him why, and he said something along the lines of, they make me feel numb. I pretty much lost my shit and flipped my lid. I asked him, how many times do we have to go through this? And how many times do you have to be told how dangerous this is? This was so flipping infuriating to me, and all the behaviors now made complete sense. We were just days away from graduation, and we had family coming into town. We just wanted to get through graduation so we took over administering his medication daily to make sure he took it and we told him if he didn't like it he could basically just leave. I had to call the doctor the very next day to actually get my oldest son a refill. The doctor called me back and told me that he had actually been out of refill since March and we are now at the beginning of June. At that point in time, I basically broke down into tears on the phone with the nurse and explained to her what had been going on. In order to get a refill at this time, I had to make a follow-up appointment right after graduation. I then confronted my oldest son with my newfound information that he had been out of refills for months. I informed him that he now had a checkup with his doctor directly after his graduation. I was so fucking furious with my oldest son at this time. I really wanted to lay him out. But with graduation just days away, I just wanted to get through it. We placed the fact that our oldest son had been lying to us for months about his medication on the back burner. And we tried our hardest to make graduation special for him because it was such a big milestone. As his parents, it was really hard for my husband and myself to be happy for him. We were so flippin' furious, but I think we did the best we could. We attended his graduation and enjoyed his moment. As his mom, as he walked across that stage and my husband informed me he was walking across the stage, I of course cried. We tried our best to make everything as special as possible. We threw him a graduation party. We tried to make the party as special and possible and all about him. After the graduation party a few days later we of course went to the doctor. As we were in the doctor's appointment and the doctor asked my oldest son how things were going, he informed the doctor that everything was fine. I said, excuse me, wait a minute. I beg to differ. Everything is not fine. I then proceeded to go over the past few months with the physician. I informed the doctor that the behaviors had gotten so bad that we almost called the police on our oldest son. The doctor then went over with my oldest son, what can happen when you just stop taking your medication. Needless to say, this is not the first time they've had this discussion. The doctor then referred us yet again for another psychological evaluation and some additional blood work. As of October of 2022, when I wrote this episode, We were still waiting for the doctor's appointment. I wish I could say that everything was better after graduation, but it just wasn't. As I move on with the story of my oldest son's senior year and how turbulent it was, please remember to look through the lens of him not taking his medication regularly and the last three months of his senior year, he wasn't taking it at all. The fact that my son was not taking his medication regularly and stopped taking it the last three months of his senior year pretty much explains why we had such a turbulent last year of high school. I hear it said all the time that kids these days are entitled and they feel like everything should be handed to them. I really felt like I saw this trait come out in my oldest son his last year of high school. Now let's talk about driving. Man, what a pain in the ass driving was. Our son, of course, mistakenly thought we were going to hand over a car and basically foot the bill for him to drive. Well, that's not really how we roll in this house. We informed our oldest son that we would help him buy his first car and we gave him two different options. His first option was to save 2500 plus an additional 1500 for car repairs and we would match him the $2,500 to help him buy his first car. His his second option was our 2016 Prius, which we would pay off early for him and if he saved $5,000, we would give it to him for $5,000 as long as he had a $1,500 safety net in the bank for repairs. We then informed him that he needed to get a job and trying to get him to get a job was a flippin' nightmare. He acted like he was too good to work at some places. He then asked me what he would be driving to school in his senior year. I couldn't help but chuckle, and I told him he would be driving the bus. We did allow him to use the car when he had certain events that he needed to attend, like soccer or a band event, But other than that, our oldest son had to take the bus most of his senior year. Now, during the summer, before his senior year, we did allow him to drive the car as he was driving all over for his premier soccer team. We did require him to pay $140 towards his $340 insurance bill and $100 towards gas. As his senior year started, my husband and I fully intended to foot the bill for his insurance and gas as long as he kept a B average. Well, that B average never came to fruition in his senior year, so we kept the same financial arrangement we had with him for the insurance and the gas during his senior year as he had during the summer. Now as we were letting our oldest son still drive to soccer practices and soccer games during the fall, we started to notice a lot of weird things in the car happening. Number one, our oldest son was frequently late. Our seat was almost always pushed way back and the car had a funny smell which smelled a lot like perfume and sex to me. So we pretty much knew that our oldest son was having sex in the car. We decided to him being a teenage boy, and we pretty much expected it to happen, to give him one pass. We basically confronted him and told him we knew he was having sex in the car. I informed him that he needed to knock it off because this was the absolute only pass he would get from us. He, of course, tried to lie, and I told him to save it and tell it to somebody else who was born yesterday. I told him if we caught him again his driving privileges would cease to exist. We kept reminding him over and over again if we caught him his driving privileges would stop. Well, it took a few weeks and I guess he didn't believe us because of course we found the condom in the car. Oh yes, that's of course what every flippin' parent wants to find, a condom in the car. We took a picture of it and sent it to him and basically told him, you're dead and you can now kiss your driving privileges goodbye. I then proceeded to text my oldest son's girlfriend's mother and informed her about what we found in the car. I told her that there was really nothing we could do about our kids having sex. Whether we agreed with it or not, as parents, our kids were having sex. I informed the girlfriend's mother that they weren't going to do it in our car and I asked her to please have a discussion with her daughter or they could bring her daughter over and we could have a discussion with the kids together. I wanted to make sure that the kids understood they had to respect other people's property and the car that they were having sex in belonged to somebody else. My son was of course furious with me. My son of course thanked me profusely for it because his girlfriend broke up with him. I said, well, I'm sorry, honey, but if you do the adult crime, you're going to pay the adult price. This breakup actually really put a riff in our family on top of all the other issues we were already facing. His girlfriend did not like that I ousted her to her mother. Well, I'm sorry that little twit didn't like it, but she shouldn't have had sex in my car. While I know this breakup hurt my oldest son tremendously, I think it worked out for the best. This young lady turned out not to be a very nice girl, and apparently her family looked down on us. I guess the girlfriend's mother thought my son was somewhat of a jackass, and her daughter was a well-bred horse. Well, lady, I hate to inform you, but well-bred horses don't have sex in other people's cars. What a flipping stuck-up twit. She thought Jesse wasn't going anywhere in life, and I think this stemmed from the fact that my husband and I didn't actually finish college. My husband actually came home from school to help me out because, well, I'm fucking blind, as we all know, and I was going through a rough medical period. I was actually one class away from my AA degree, but I got pregnant with my youngest son and had an extremely high-risk pregnancy. So, you stuck-up twit, I'm sorry I put my baby's safety first. I think the safety of my unborn baby was more important than making sure I impressed you, you stuck-up twit. Well, well, I think that's enough about the ex-girlfriend and the stuck-up twit of a mother. Now, it was so much easier on our family with me being blind if our oldest son could drive. So when this actually happened, our oldest son wasn't actually the only one who was punished. My husband was then placed, again, in the position of being the sole driver of our family. It was very hard to keep up with my husband's job, family appointments, and our oldest son's busy schedule. After three months, my husband and decided that we would extend an olive branch and try and give our oldest son his privileges of driving back. Unfortunately, at this time, our oldest son was failing three classes. So we went to him and said, could you please bring your grades up? We would like to give you your driving privileges back. Well, this never seemed to happen and it didn't inspire him to get his grades up at all. We decided at this time to make our oldest son Solely responsible for all his transportation. This still didn't inspire him to get his grades up and it seemed nothing we were doing was helping him. Once our oldest son turned 18, he tried to buy a car with the little amount of money he had. I think he had saved up about $1,000 by this time. He kept telling me about all these different cars that he wanted and how much my husband and I could put in on them. I informed him that no, that wasn't the agreement we had with you. Well, this seemed to go on for months. So we offered if he got his grades up to a C average, we would help him buy a family member's car. Nope, none of this didn't happen and he was just so desperate to buy a car, which I completely understand. He was so desperate by this time to drive and have a car, he was willing to blow his $2,000, which is what he had saved by now, on a car that wasn't even worth it. He was so desperate, he tried to lie to me about what a mechanic had said about this car that he wanted to buy. By this time, I was so fed up that I finally put my foot down, although I would have rather put it up his ass at this time. I informed him that he wasn't getting a car until graduation and he was actually going to get his family member's car that was offered to him months ago. At this time, my husband and I took any car deals we had on the table with our oldest son off. He had made this ordeal such a nightmare for us and he was always trying to get a car quick and fast. We really wanted him to have a reliable car that would last for a few years At a reasonable cost. We felt our 2016 Prius was actually his best option, but he didn't want to save that much money and he didn't want to wait that long. So by the end of his senior year, with all the arguments, our oldest son only managed to save $2,000 and bought his family member's car like we said he would. So now moving on to the whole college fiasco. We are not rich people and we have been talking to our oldest son about college since his freshman year. We have always told him to keep his grades up and when the time came, we would apply for each and every scholarship he qualified for. As you all already know, his grades tanked his senior year and somehow he got it into his head that he would be going to the United Kingdom to play soccer and go to school. We informed our son that there was absolutely no way we could pay for an international school, to which I heard the dreaded, I got this mom. My oldest son informed me that they were going to fully fund him to go to school in the United Kingdom and play soccer, to which I replied, really? Oh yes, my oldest son thought because he played soccer, it would be easy and his grades wouldn't even matter. We asked him at this time not to put all his eggs in one basket just in case it didn't work out. We pleaded with him to please apply for everything that you qualify for. Argument after argument after argument, there just came a point in time where my husband and I put our hands up and we backed off. We basically just let him handle it. Well, guess what? He didn't handle it. By the end of the year, my oldest son was, of course, bringing me the paperwork for the school he wanted to attend in the UK. He told me that nobody gets a full-ride scholarship, and because of his grades, they weren't going to fund him. Well, what a surprise that was. I then asked him about all the other scholarships he was supposed to apply for. It turned out my oldest son only had applied for six different scholarships and was unfortunately turned down for all of them because of his grades. I then informed him that it didn't matter how much financial aid he may receive, there was absolutely no way we could send him to international school in the UK. We just couldn't afford it. I also informed my oldest son that after this year, With his grades and his medication, there was just no way we could trust him to send him to international school. He then had asked us to co-sign on a student loan with him. We unfortunately had to decline that as well. After this disastrous senior year and his medication debacle, he had basically obliterated any trust we may have had in him. Well, this of course pissed my oldest son off to no end, but we had tried feverishly, basically, all year to get through to him. We have learned with our oldest son, unfortunately, he really has to struggle and go through it to learn anything. Now, I proceeded to ask him about his federal student aid, and he informed me that he had already applied, and I asked him, how did you do that without us? He says to me, oh, I applied as an independent Now, at this point, I basically lost my shit and asked him, are you flipping kidding me? I told him basically that he couldn't do that because he's not an independent, he's our dependent, and we absolutely had to get this fixed. He basically had broken the law. Now, when he went to get it fixed because I basically told him he had fraudulently filled out federal documents, it turned out... He never actually hit submit or turn it in. So we then filled it out online as we were supposed to. Although we were way past the student aid deadline after we gotten the information filled out properly, we were still able to get him approved and put the ball back into his court. My son had to establish a student aid account And get it verified. That, of course, never happened and when fall rolled around and his classes weren't paid for, he was absolutely shocked. I then heard three different versions of a story of how he turned in the paperwork, verified his student account. I have a feeling, though, he actually never did. I informed him that he would probably have to take the fall quarter off and we could reapply for financial aid in the winter. Well, he was furious about that. He then decided that he wanted to pay out of pocket for his fall classes. I told him that he really couldn't afford to do that, but he wasn't about to listen to me. So I designed a plan for him to be able to pay for all of his classes. It would require him to live on a shoestring of a budget and basically turn over all his finances to me. He absolutely hated this idea and it didn't even work. He fought everything and I mean everything tooth and nail, to where I basically had to take a step back. I basically just turned his finances back over to him. Now it is very hard as a parent to do this, to basically turn everything over to your child and watch them drive into a disaster. This is unfortunately exactly what I had to do. It is hard to help somebody, even if they are your own child, if they are going to fight absolutely everything you try to do to help them. As I write this section, it's currently November 2022, and we are still waiting for our oldest son to learn lessons from his mistakes. As a parent, it is very hard to watch your child have their ass handed to them by life. But every time I try and step in and intervene and lead my oldest son down a path that makes more sense, well, he just fights everything I do tooth and nail. It seems he wants to do things the hardest way possible, and as his parent, I basically have to stand back and let him learn from his own life lessons. Now, recently, the Monday before Thanksgiving, we had an extremely huge blow-up. My oldest son had informed me that he had rescheduled his psychological evaluation. The appointment was supposed to be for November 21st at 8 a.m. When I went to get him up on the morning of, he decided that morning to tell me that he had actually never scheduled an appointment. As I stood there, basically stunned and on the verge of tears, I asked him, why did you lie? And he really had no answer, but I don't know. Now his father and I had drawn a very firm line basically saying if he didn't have this appointment scheduled by December 1st, he would have to move out. He had plenty of time left. There was really no reason to lie. We had no idea what to do and thankfully we actually had a family therapy appointment scheduled later on that day. I basically informed our therapist of what was going on and that we had drawn a very firm line and boundary with Our oldest son and said if he didn't make this appointment because he had already missed it twice he would have to move out our therapist at this time basically asked our oldest son why didn't you just make this appointment why did you lie and yet again he of course had no response but I don't know our therapist then asked him what his plans were now that he was in a position where he was going to have to move out of our house he basically had no response and no plans At this point in time, I don't really know what is going through his head. Our therapist had told us that we had been working really hard with our oldest son for the past several months and he has really not given us anything to work with. He had actually been downright resistant to the whole entire process. As hard and heartbreaking as it was, we actually had to let our oldest son move out and leave our home that day. Just a handful of days before Thanksgiving, but he had made a really bad decision to lie to us for the past three weeks about this appointment and really did nothing to try and fix the problem. Our oldest son now had to struggle and live with the consequences of his actions. We have been at this point before with our oldest son asking him to leave because he had broken a rule and crossed a boundary, but we had never actually made him leave before. This one, though, was actually a very hard line, and there was actually no way back from it. As I sit here with a broken heart over my oldest child, I don't know if I am more sad or mad at the situation. No idea where my family may end up, but I do pray for some sort of insight for my oldest son. My doctor once told me as I was complaining about my teenager that all parents go through things like this. Some may have it worse than others, but when they finally come to you after they figured it out and tell you you were right, my doctor said that hearing that right there is pretty much worth it. She also told me that when they do come to you at this point in time, you usually see the human being you were struggling to raise. I only hope my doctor was right because the struggle of raising a teenager is real. Now, a little postscript because some of you may want to know, and I won't get to the next episode for a little bit. My son did actually move back home in January of 2023. So, my fabulous blind life listeners, if you like what you heard, please hit that follow or share button. If you wish to help support my podcast journey, please hit that listener support button. For now, I leave you with much alofa and until we meet again, mahalo.